Hey everyone, welcome back to the 235 Film Podcast. This season we are exploring 10 classic sci-fi films from the 20th century, and today we are taking on a Soviet masterpiece, Andrei Tarkovsky's 1972 space art house film, Solaris. Tarkovsky happens to be a godfather in the theater of cinematic history, influencing countless directors like Kubrick, Von Sant, Nolan, and Garland to name a few. His work blurs the line between poetry and film, and he paints beauty into every frame as if he were an artist standing in front of a blank canvas. The subject of this episode is no exception, and boy oh boy were we excited to talk about it. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, with the boys. Da boys. Hey, Brant. Hey, Jaywell. How hey. you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I'm in my uh, new office space here, which is actually oh, yeah. just my sister in law's old bedroom. So, oh, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but it's nice for those viewing online. I've got all of her decorations still up here, those are all photos of her. Yep, yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a nice little cozy uh, space there. Very cozy. I got one wall designated for myself, and I got my Blu-rays on the right, my Legos on the left, and oh, I got funny. everything I need right here. Oh, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm in my living room, so it's a little bit echoey because it's kind of a, a open space, and the kitchen's open as well. So, open we'll floor plan. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. Cool. Um, dude, we watched uh, Solaris this week. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We absolutely did. We did. I, I don't know about you, but that was my first uh, my first dive into Tarkovsky's work. Actually, yeah. that was my first glimpse into Soviet era film in general. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't cool. done, like I hadn't, and one of my coworkers at my previous job was a mm-hmm. big, like, like he was a big Russian fanatic. Like he like studied Russian through college and all of this stuff. Oh, that's cool. And like that's a hard language. Yeah, it's a tough language. And I, you know, I've dipped into it once or twice because you know <laughs> you're around somebody long enough and you start to want to learn Russian yeah. if they speak yeah. Russian. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> yeah, so he was always talking about Soviet era film, and mm-hmm. like I was intrigued by that. And the only name that would come to mind when I would think of of like Soviet era cinema is. Andre Tarkovsky, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, he's yeah. certainly the biggest one for sure. Yeah, I mean, seeing seeing his work just in this one format mm-hmm. is just breathtaking to me. I mean, yeah. it's nuts. You mean like in this film, and yeah. so, which is with Solaris? Yeah, exactly. And then, and yeah. then, like seeing this, and 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 now being intrigued because you know I was intrigued by Tarkovsky, but I never did the research. But like yeah. seeing Solaris or Solaris or whatever it is, Solaris, yeah, and and doing the research on on things like Stalker and Nosferatu, he was a part of, right? And uh, was he? I don't remember. I believe so. The mirror. Oh, I didn't know that. Like all of those things, like. There's certain, and I said this about Parasite the same way, but there's certain things that doesn't matter what language they're speaking, like the concepts and the themes and the storyline that, that the filmmaker's trying to convey is going to mm-hmm. cross all the way across those language barriers. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah, some yeah. stuff like, like, you know kung fu movies and things like that that don't necessarily translate the same way or hit the same way because uh-huh. of the language barrier you know what i mean yeah. but there's stuff like sure. like i went to parasite and saw it and, and watching parasite honestly i could have i could have watched that movie deaf and gotten the <laughs> same impact i got 
from it with subtitles on. You know what I mean? Uh Like no subtitles. I still completely understood the concept. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. That's some, I think that's something to be said about the filmmaker that that it's not just spoken word that's driving the story as much as it is what's taking place on screen and in us emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I probably have to agree with you pretty much throughout the entire thing. There, I this is not my first time watching Solaris. Uh, Solaris, <laughs> um, and it's not my first time watching a. Obviously, if it's not my first time watching Solaris, then it's not my first time watching a Tarkovsky movie. One would but argue, yes. This is not the only Tarkovsky movie I've watched. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so I've seen Stalker and I've seen this, but I haven't seen any of his other films. And I really want to. I've been yeah. wanting to for a long time, but I always find like some kind of excuse. I re- I'm really contemplating opening up another account with the Criterion, the Criterion collection, yeah. so I could watch it because like, they got their streaming service, and I'm pretty sure they have most of his films on there. At least yeah. they have this and Stalker for sure. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's funny because I saw Stalker first, and then I watched this, and it felt a little bit um, like a walk back. Not that this movie is any. Bad. This felt like I a walk back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This felt like a uh, a bit of a walk back. And I I believe if I remember correctly, Tarkovsky also believes that this is his weakest film. Oh, really? Which I can't really talk to because I haven't seen all of his, all of his films. Um, but he believes that this is his weakest film, and it, it's interesting because I, I don't see this movie as weak in any <laughs> sense of the yeah, word. Like, like I kind of piggybacking off of that. I read some like. Not necessarily interviews with him because it's hard uh-huh. to find an interview that someone had with him. Right. But there's a lot of stuff that's like, uh, like uh, through the grapevine, or or I was friends with him, and this is what yeah. he was saying. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, interviews with his past uh, cinematographers. Right. Yeah. I've exactly. Seen. Exactly. And um, he's like super hard on. Like judgment yeah. on not only his own work but other but people's work as art well. Itself, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's yeah, very he's very comparative. He um, yeah. it's almost as if he hated two thousand and one. I know, and I I kind of picked up on that too. And and I'm sure you read the same article that I did. But like <laughs> like reading that and thinking about it, like he said he hated it. But then at the end of that, it kind of came back to the fact that he just understood that it was a, yeah. it was. The two things that completely separate the two films are like one could sit and some reviewers did sit Mm -hmm. and say 2001 and Solaris are comparable on almost all planes. And and as far as like that, like that art house feel like that um, kind of like uh, enigmatic, like uh, kind of stand on its own. Uh, genre almost like mm-hmm. 2001 and and Solaris I would put drive maybe in that category have this kind of like um, interesting <laughs> like this um uh almost ethereal kind of feel to them you know what I mean like yeah, 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 like yeah. this out of body feel almost yeah um but 2001 is driven by the evolution of technology and and science is its driving mm. factor whereas right it's almost as if science takes a back seat in Solaris and what takes yeah. a front seat is human emotion and human emotion. There's like even this mystical element to it too. Right. They don't really, it, I was thinking it seems that, like they, they don't really try to, uh, science the crap out of this film at all. No, it doesn't and, feel like it at all. <laughs> and I, I think if they did, it would ruin it. Like, 
like I'm I'm sure the 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 novel because it's a Stanlaw Stanislaw I, I, I think this is how to pronounce um, Stanislaw uh, uh, Lem or whatever. Yeah, Stanislaw Lamb. I think yeah. Lem. I think is his name. Anyways, uh, uh, we could debate how that's pronounced all day because I don't know. But um, we he, need my Russian friend on the phone. To that's tell true. Us. <laughs> Call him up. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I think he was like Hungarian or something or, or Czech. Was Czech. It? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's yeah, right. He was from Czechoslovakia. Anyways, uh, I'm pretty sure his his book has a lot more. Um, science behind it just like uh arthur c clark's 2001 had so much more science right. behind uh like I, i'm not saying that uh, kubrick did have a lot of science there but um arthur c clark really went into the details um so i'm sure that this is the same case here yeah um but and i i totally i agree with you that the human emotion and the human element of uh in solaris is so much more in the forefront of this film than it than it was in 2001 i mean even in like small minutiae with like not even that small really because you're getting a lot of background on these characters and oh, yeah. uh you don't get that at all in 2001 right. we don't know where dave came from we right. don't know what, what his family was like you know all that stuff so well, and, and um, i, I want to venture out and say that kubrick was intentional in that now Right, right, right. I'm not, I'm not knocking him at all. No, I know, but I want to say that. But then at the same time, like, and I said this to you, I see things like Solaris, and then uh-huh. I like, I question all other like, <laughs> like Ways Western of, cinema. Like, I yeah, think that's I, yeah. I watch this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, have we yeah. been doing it wrong the entire time? Well, that's another thing I noticed because I, I was reading an article. Uh, I think it was on the Criterion website, if I'm not mistaken. I read so many articles in the last week that I have no clue where, where they're all from. <laughs> um, but I, I, it basically like kind of giving the the difference between Western and Eastern like film and like, especially in that era with the Soviet union and right. like the space race and all right. that stuff. Um, the, it, it, so like uh, almost a hundred percent, this film was uh, made like it, it, it had some sort of a budget because of the space race. Yeah, absolutely. Because if it wasn't for the space race, they wouldn't have made this film most likely, right. or at least not to the capacity that they did. Um, and it's interesting too because uh, I don't believe that if 2001 hadn't come around, we wouldn't have gotten this film. No. And not only that, but I think because Andre, uh, I don't know why I'm on a first name basis with him right now. <laughs> Andre. Yeah. You and your buddy, um, Andre. If- <laughs> if Tarkovsky uh, hadn't watched 2001 and if he hadn't uh, disliked it so much, I don't think he would have wanted to make this film. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. I, it's funny because he. And, and that, back to that article about the West versus the East. In the West, everything's very dazzling and very right. like picturesque and very beautiful and very like precise is what I'm saying. Not not that the East isn't beautiful because for sure, I mean, there's so much beauty in this film. I mean, that opening, that whole like tw- first 20 minutes of the film is just yeah. so picturesque. Um, so like, yeah, it looks really like a painting. I mean, the, I mean that imagery, the opening imagery with the reeds underneath the yeah. water, like, oh, yeah, so so gorgeous. Um, so definitely, that's not to say that the the East doesn't have stuff like that, like beauty in their films, because they certainly do. And I feel like a, with especially with Tarkovsky's work, it, it almost feels like uh, <laughs> this is kind of weird, but he almost feels like a filmmaker with. A, a a filmmaker poet with a paintbrush. It's like three different arts in one. It almost feels like that makes sense to me. 
But yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree that that whole, like the whole beginning montage. Now it's funny you say that because I was, you know, there were certain parts of this that I had to like, um, it's a long film. It's yes. It's yeah. three hours it's long Two. It's, I think it's, it's longer than 2001 by like nine minutes or something like that. Yeah, it's long, but, yeah. uh, that's intentional. Um, totally and, intentional. Um, you, uh, sorry, I, I interrupted you there. No. But when I was watching it this time, I've watched it before, but it was like almost ten years ago, and I remember loving it. But as I was watching it this time, and for the first like hour, I was like, "Oh, Brant's not gonna like this." I don't think. And oh, I dude. was like, and I was questioning myself, like, "Do I like this?" Yeah. <laughs> and see that that's the position the film holds for everybody. I think. I uh-huh. think that. I think that. Uh, I, I was reading something from the Chicago Tribune. I think it was mm-hmm. Roger e- Roger Ebert who mm-hmm. who talked about this film specifically, and he said like, "Rip and peace." By the way, right? Rip and peace for sure. Um, but he was like, uh, he was like, Solaris isn't isn't for uh, a major audience. It's for the singular person. He, he said yeah, like, yeah. like this film Tarkovsky had no uh, no specific pointed direction for how it was supposed to hit it's supposed to hit every mm-hmm. single person differently and and it, it it echoes where we are currently in our life in our emotional state because of the emotional weight that solaris carries like like you hate it you love it you like it that's on you but even deeper than that if, if it comes to a point where you like or dislike this film just like that mm-hmm. then you're missing the point of it like right like no it's got something to say for sure and yeah it, it doesn't matter who you are you can definitely pick something in there that that can speak to you yeah it's interesting to me like obviously the space race is driving this but it's like uh-huh. it's like you, you think about like late 20th century mm-hmm. america Soviet Russia, yeah. like their ideology, uh, ide- ideologies. Yeah, we got there. <laughs> yeah. Ideologies of what space looks like and 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 oh, yeah. entails is like, I on like a, a a serious side of that, like they must have been scared out of their minds to to go to mm. space. Like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, it seems like, it seems like everyone's iteration of, of space <laughs> travel is like the most daunting thing I've ever seen. That's so interesting. That's so interesting that you say that. I, the reason I find it interesting is because I was reading a, um, uh, Kurosawa actually wrote an article about Solaris because he went to Moscow to watch a screening of Solaris with Tarkovsky. Mm. And um, a couple years earlier when they were, sh- or a year earlier or something like that, they were shooting Solaris. And again, Kurosawa was in Moscow while he was shooting. And there was like this little event going on and both directors were there. And it was the first time that Kurosawa met uh, uh, Tarkovsky and he, he describes him as like this little man, very fragile, Yeah, but he did, he'd like, he wasn't aware that he was so right like, that he was that, <laughs> um, but that he, uh, they were they were talking and then Tarkovsky excuses himself and says I still have work to do and he walks away and he didn't know and Kurosawa had no clue where he went and apparently a couple a couple minutes or maybe an hour goes by and he hears this loud explosion that shakes the room shakes the windows and uh, one of the producers I think from the film came to Kurosawa or was like uh, talking to Kurosawa at the time and he's like oh don't worry that's just Tarkovsky uh, 
uh, shooting a rocket. <laughs> shooting a rocket? <laughs> yeah, and it was he was filming the scene where the rocket, oh, where uh, oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. Kelvin, right. uh, Chris sends his uh, his first uh, guest, I guess, right, um, out into space. Uh, so <laughs> that's so funny to me. But Kurosawa says that like later he he went and got watched a screening, and he said that it's a very long film. He was talking specifically to the um uh to the critics of the film because a lot of the critics at the time were saying it's too long, it's too slow, and he was like, "But that's so intentional. And if that wasn't there, we wouldn't have the full depth of and- of what this film has to 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 give us." And he said that at the end of the screening, uh, he, uh Tarkovsky stands up. And or yeah, Tarkovsky looks at him, and Kurosawa is like, "This was wonderful. I I was so afraid." Yeah, <laughs> and that that was like, and Tarkovsky took that as like this like medal, like this award that he had received from this, you right. know, this filmmaker, right? This uh, I guess his colleague of his, right? So when you say fear, like they must have had like this fear about space. Well, I can totally see that. I could see that. I mean, they, they, also the way they paint space is so different than right. like say two thousand and one, right? Exactly. Like, uh, I think I think I think it was Tarkovsky that famously said um, that let's make our spaceship like a f- uh, breaking bus, like a, a, a yeah. disorderly bus, like yeah. a, a break that was breaking apart. Right. So when you look at 2001, everything's so spotless, everything's so clean. Like there's so much white in the, all the rooms. Everything's right. so uh, like just just spot everything's just perfect right in pristine condition yeah and then you walk into solaris or i don't even know if solaris was the actual space station was it no, no solaris, solaris is the planet. the planet yeah uh but they walk into the space station they never the first time he comes yeah. in and everything's in this array right. everything like right. you see all these exposed wiring on the walls yeah. like, it's like it's like their their version of space in the 60s and the 70s was disorientation mm-hmm. like totally like yeah. like you 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 Go to space. That's great. But understand it's a guarantee that you're going to lose your mind up there. And like, <laughs> yeah. like you're going to, you're going to experience, which, which I mean, it's probably true, but uh-huh. like, I, I don't know. We're talking about three scientists that went to Solaris and part exactly. of it. Exactly. It was a skeleton crew that had been there for years. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. And you, he gets there and everyone's completely disoriented. One's committed <laughs> yeah. suicide. And, you know, obviously the effects of the ocean is is the reason for that. You know, all of these unwanted mm-hmm. visitors, almost in like an it follows type of way. Like, yeah. like these, these people, no matter what happens, like they continue to just kind of crop up, which you and I have spent the last, what, 20 minutes of this episode talking about just the director and his intentionality behind the work and we have yet to even dive into the storyline which i think is incredible i think that i think that someone should put that entire sentence on a medal and (laughs) give it to andre you're you're good buddy (laughs) i don't think we could do that anymore well i'm sure there's some Um, sort of like a mausoleum or something we could maybe he'll be the visitor if anyone ever goes to solaris right exactly yeah (laughs) yeah i mean um Sorry, I said visitor because I had watched a remake, and in the remake they called them visitors, oh, not really? guests. And in, in the original, it's guests. So yeah, that's funny. Uh, um, yeah, go ahead. Was in the remake was George Clooney's visitor his ex-wife? Yes. Yeah. Same. It that story is pretty much the same. Uh, the only difference is that she takes pills to as as like her form of committing suicide. She takes pills. Like I see. Pills. Yeah. And in this one, she takes like a she she injects herself with some kind of poison. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting. This whole film. It, it's really weird too because, um, I, I'm sometimes I get things mixed up. But 
okay, so you didn't watch the remake, correct? No. Okay, so when I first watched the remake, again, years ago, I thought it was terrible compared to the original. And watching it this time, I have, like, a new appreciation for it. It's not bad. Dude, it's that's not what bad the, whatsoever. Roger Ebert said too. He goes, "Oh, really? Yeah." He goes, "I'm. I watched Solaris. It's a masterpiece." Steven Soderbergh oh. tried to remake it in 2002, and don't get me wrong, it's a fine film. Like I'd go, I'd go watch it, but uh-huh. obviously, the original hits a lot harder than right. the remake would. Oh man, it's no, it's a really, it's really good. It's it's a lot different too. It's a little bit more. Uh, what we were just talking about, like how the the spaceship is in disarray and all that kind of stuff. That you don't really see that as much in the in the remake. Sure. Um, and uh, again, Steven Soderbergh actually says that he didn't remake Solaris, Tarkovsky Solaris. He wanted to come back to the original source with the book and do more uh, based off the book. And like he, I think he even said it was like a mix of. 2001 and the book or something like that which um that's a little bit of a downer because i don't think these two films correlate too closely together right as, as far as like the, these two original works um so yeah. i feel like that's him just kind of like putting a band-aid on like i'm making well, a sequel to solaris i mean think solaris think about it um, if, if you and i hadn't seen solaris beforehand read anything okay. about it and we watched solaris in 2001 that's the 2002 Soderbergh version? No, no. Solaris and 2001: A Space Odyssey. Oh, okay. The yeah. originals. You're talking about the originals. Yeah. yeah. I think I think that that uh, uh, just a surface level movie goer would say mm-hmm. like, "Wow, that felt a lot like 2001 because of m- not not necessarily because of the story, but because of the feel that that it's the, yeah, projecting yeah. on us." You there know is what I mean? a sense like, of mystery to it still. There's right. there's that slow. Kubrick does uh, the pace. same. Yeah, exactly. That that slow pace, those long drawn out cuts to build that mm-hmm. pressure in us. Like, and I, we'll come back to that after this segment of their show. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about how uh, Soderbergh was trying to uh, meld the two almost together. Oh. Oh yeah, 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 and you can kind of feel that because there is that sense of um, just like cleanly, cleanliness with the the spaceship or the space oh, station right, yeah. in Soderbergh's version, um, and also there's a lot of blues, like oh, it's really? very like spacey, yeah. like uh, the the Solaris itself, Solaris, I keep saying Solaris, Solaris itself is like this like. Uh, so in the original Solaris is this ocean planet, right. right? Like it's covered in ocean and which is funny to me because that feels like did Christopher Nolan kind of take that like in interstellar when they go into that planet, right? Where Potentially. Just all, yeah. I feel like Christopher Nolan must've had some kind of right, inspiration off of Solaris. Solaris there. doesn't have any sort of, there's no land or it's anything just, until the end. It just right? then started to develop islands is what they were saying. Yeah. Like yeah. towards the end after right. they shot it with radiation or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, totally. Like, uh, so, uh, in Soderbergh's, we never see like Solaris, like up close, never go into Solaris. We see Solaris from like the space from space. And it looks like if you were to see a picture of Neptune, that's what it looks like sure. with like it, it, almost like a blue sun, right? Almost like you would, I would say. So it doesn't, we don't, we don't really get much of like Solaris. It's the, the Stoddenberg version is much more about like what's happening on the spaceship and about what's happening with Chris himself, with George Clooney's character. Um, and it, it's almost like a romance in a sense um, with, uh, with her, uh, what's her name? 
Um, I don't know who else is in it. Uh, Hira Hari Hari in oh, the original. Yeah, yeah, but I don't yeah. remember. I don't think that was her name in the in the Soderbergh version. But um, the diff- the major difference though is that um, Tarkovsky takes us through this um, almost like this moral issue with humanity, right? A lot more in depth than Soderbergh does. Soderbergh almost like steers away from it. Soderbergh actually. It, I think I'm I'm not giving him enough credit. He he does kind of mention it. He does talk about it a little bit, and it does go into detail a bit. But I feel like it's much more about the inner relationship between these two people. It's more like a a second chance for Chris, right. for Chris's character. Whereas um, there is that sort of thing happening in the original Solaris. But I, I feel like. Hari's character in the original is so much more developed. I feel like she is the main character in right, Solaris, because in Tarkovsky Solaris. She's now just trying to learn. Exactly. It's, it's almost, almost right. It's sorry. No. I keep interrupting, but it's almost like I feel like in Tarkovsky's version, he he really gives detail and breath to that character and almost makes this question like what is it to be human is it right. just like ha- once i start having my own emotions because at first she doesn't she doesn't really remember anything she doesn't have memories but then she starts to develop these memories from the point where she came into existence i guess right um so she herself is like i'm much more in that scene when they're they're celebrating snout dr snout's uh birthday uh and she's kind of going uh against uh Sartorius, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, where he kind of says that she's not even real or whatever, and she's like, "I'm much more human than you are." Um, you really feel that, like, the emotion coming from that scene. Yeah. Whereas in the remake, the Chris's uh wife, her, her the visitor, he she is like she's struggling with it herself, and she's like, "I shouldn't be alive, and I shouldn't be here, and all that stuff." And we see that in Tarkovsky's as well, but in in the Clooney version and the Soderbergh version, I don't know. There's just not as much like it just doesn't hit his heart. It's like like what you're saying. It, it's like it, it's also rushed. Yeah. Like the, the yeah, Soderbergh like, version is under two hours, I believe, <laughs> and it everything happens so much faster. Like there is no. It takes I think almost like it takes almost like forty minutes to get to the station. Oh boy. In Tarkovsky's right uh, version. Yeah. Where Soderbergh is, we're we're in the station within like the first. 10 minutes yeah but think, think think about that time spent with burton and and how yeah. how the people saw him and and totally time with if we hadn't had that time with kelvin's parents or his dad yeah, his dad and his aunt yeah it wouldn't have even developed like that's so true that's so true because i mean even if you don't see it as as well in the beginning you totally oh my it totally gosh. pays off in the end right and then the whole thing with uh it's funny because Tark- Tarkovsky also puts so much of himself in the, in his work with like how he views Tarkovsky was very in touch with nature and he oh dude in every film he he's made as far as I know he he puts that in his film and in this it's almost like tell me dude he tell makes me sure he makes he makes sure to put that in there where and he also puts like his disgust for like the 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 rapid pace of like change in the world yeah. especially with like technology like he, the the whole the whole sequence of uh was it burton that that's driving through through the the city yeah and his yeah. video callback the the video callback but then like we're in burton's car forever <laughs> yeah well, and it feels almost like i don't want to be here and that's exactly what tarkovsky is trying to like right get you to feel well yeah and then i i start to think like you know i i read some stuff where there's potential that 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 whole visitors complex and 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 that that 
that the the way the movie progresses towards the end can start to make us believe that everything that we saw in the beginning could also have been that same that same concept like like mm. like we see nothing but guests and hosts the entire time. Like uh-huh. Burton's a host, but maybe that boy that's with him is a guest and he feels just like burdened almost with it. Like, like we're talking about someone who ventured to Solaris and came back. So why wouldn't that be the case? You know what I mean? Mm. So like that, that's a concept that's out there, but echoing back to what you were saying about Tarkovsky's like, um, uh, self being portrayed in film and his movies specifically to that nature point like Mm -hmm. in this film that that to me is so uh pronounced because this versus 2001 he is it's so much more daunting that idea because what he's doing is he's interweaving nature and and life to 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 constantly give us as a viewer a reminder that like hey right these guys are not like like it's it's almost like uh differentiating for us like like even if you don't see it that way in the moment subconsciously you're like all right like life on earth we're in space in the station like yeah and even to the point of like that discovery of humanity for hari's character and that incorporation of those like uh classic art pieces like that one that uh, they yeah. zoom into the the originality for that work where it came mm-hmm. from that whole concept is about a village and the multiple different That's like right. yeah. like tasks and things that people can do in in a small township like that and that the whole idea was the the artist for that painting sat up on a hill and he watches the people of his village the place that he's from do these things you know uh be in relation with each other be a community and and the position for that film to be directly or, or that that artwork to be directly in the middle of the film explaining to us that this character is just striving for humanity you know and like yeah like yeah. like maybe that's the whole point of the ocean of solaris like they were saying is like like almost like the ex machina effect in a way like like we're going to present these guests and now now the the hosts for lack of a better word are challenged with the concept of are these people human or not like like do they feel the same things is this person my ex-wife or is it just a projection from the ocean planet well it's interesting because i feel like it's interesting because if you look at the other people on the spaceship, other than Kelvin, um, like Dr. Snow and Dr. Sartorius, they are like, it, it, we never see them do this, but you, it, it's definitely uh, kind of giving us a glimpse into like what they're doing with their, their guests, their visitors. Um, like, for example, we don't see Sartorius's guest we see him for a second, which is, this is okay. I'll, I'll talk about it later. Um, we, but like he talks about how, like he found that the annihilator, right? Like he, you can annihilate these beings with, uh, taking apart their neutrons or whatever it is. Neutrinos, dude. Neutrinos. Yeah, neutrons. <laughs> Jimmy neutrons. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so by, by doing so, by saying that, that means that he's been doing experiments on his right. like, guests for a long time. Yeah. And he doesn't give a crap. Yeah. Like he has no kind of emotional attachment to his guest, which is curious because we don't really know. Okay. So I'm going to talk about this because we see his guest for a split second. And it just right? pops out of the which little door like, and pops right back in. 
Yes, it's a dwarf. Yeah. Which uh, it's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, it was so David Lynch when I saw that. Um, I was like, what? It, is definitely, happening? right? <laughs> definitely. Um, I, I was reading about that because I was so confused. Like, because I thought for sure we'll hear more about this later. Dude, when, Never when, do. Pause, when I Googled Solaris, the third like Google suggestion was, <laughs> what is that little person in Solaris? <laughs> um, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. But in, in Lem's book, yeah. uh, we, uh, Kelvin, a Chris never sees Sartorius's um, guest. Instead, he hears like this grunting and like thing, a bunch of crap happening inside of his room. Yeah. But he never, he never sees, gets a glimpse inside of his room. And Chris's imagination makes him believe that it's a dwarf. So we never actually see a dwarf, and it's never presented as it's a dwarf, you know. And so, so it's interesting that Tarkovsky. It feels almost like unlike Tarkovsky. I feel like to like give us give us the viewers. Uh, like an actual like sighting of this dwarf <laughs> yeah but may maybe the intentionality was somewhat david lynch like to give us like just that kind of disorienting kinda us, feel yeah you know maybe. like like come on let's be honest we watch david lynch's stuff and there's some stuff he puts in there 100 just to like i will never understand your mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like like okay we're gonna show you this imagery and now you're never gonna hear or see it again like there's literally no <laughs> yeah. point for this yeah <laughs> Um, but it, which is well, it's interesting though because in Soderbergh's version the same thing happens. Oh really? Sartorius, yeah, Sartorius is actually uh, switched out for a, a female doctor, and her name I can't remember her name right now. But uh, the same thing, she kind of like she says, "I'll, you can't come into my room." And then she and it's it same thing happens like there's like a something crazy happening inside the room, and there's a bunch of noises, but we never see what's inside. Just no, don't know. Interesting. And she's totally distraught. Like she's depressed. All this stuff. Like she, she's crazy. Um, and the other thing is that in Snout's version, or sorry, in Tarkovsky's version, Doctor Snout, like there's a there's even a scene where he's like wrapping his hand in bandage. So like it's all like kind of giving us glimpses into like they're killing their their guests right. every time they come. Yeah. They're just like hoping and trying to like have some some a couple hours of like rest until their guest comes up again yeah. and then they have to kill him again. Well yeah, um, and that's what uh one of them said when he <laughs> sent her off in the rocket was like, "Oh, I see you went with the rocket for the first time." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which makes me think like nobody else had done that right. yet. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. They were just trying to group them all together and get them off in one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what an um, aggressive approach. To the rocket, yeah. yeah exactly. uh, it, it's funny because in Soderbergh, the same thing happens, but it's more like a pod. Like he just right. throws her, yeah. in the, not throws her in a pod. He like tricks her into getting into a pod and then. Well, I'm sure. I, bye bye. I was thinking about that too. Like, one, why is there a rocket on this uh, like space station? But I, then I realized <laughs> it's probably the same thing. It's probably like a like some sort of escape ship. Yeah. So that they have maybe some kind of way to get down to the planet. Yeah, exactly. Which they do get down to the planet. Not those scientists, but the scientists in the beginning. Was his name Burton? Yeah, Burton was saying that he was in some sort of shuttle, almost. Like, Bur yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, yeah, he does get down to the planet, which is okay. This is another thing in Soderbergh's version. Um, okay, so Snout's Snout's uh, visitor. We never actually see a clear glimpse of him. We see like his ear at one point, which is the first time Chris sees a visitor. Oh, in the hammock, you're saying. Yeah, 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 in the hammock. Yeah. And we don't know who it is. It looked and like a Lamb's, child though. Did it? Yeah. I don't remember. In Lem's, um, I don't I don't remember how what Snout's guest was in Lem's uh novel, but in Soderbergh's version, Snout is now called Snow. It's not Snout. Okay. And Snow, uh, his visitor is himself. 
Oh, really? It's like a doppelganger. So at one point, uh, Snow's uh, visitor comes back to him, and uh, the visitor ends up killing the real Snow. So then, like, takes his place. Takes his place. and like, And he doesn't have any more visitors. Like, there's a part where he's like, one day they just stop coming, but that's because he was the visitor. And now... The real one's dead. So that takes the impact away for me, though. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting thought, and I think it would be cool to have. Yeah. But Soderbergh never does anything with it, really. Yeah. I think we see it that too often, really too. Like, like it, that intruder it. concept of like. Uh, I agree. Like I agree. Even in even in something like I'm not sure if you've seen it, but Westworld, for instance, like that whole yeah, concept yeah, yeah, is yeah. like like we're projecting ourselves as as. Uh, reality like human humanity yeah, yeah. but we're actually but also like i think it takes the 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 mystical element of solaris a little bit away because in solaris it feels like the people who the visitors that come to these people are always people from their past or people right. or like something from their imagination so it feels a little bit weird like that snow would have been like imagining himself or well, like thinking about i can kind of understand the concept because think about like uh, Kelvin's approach to why Hari came back, you know, like he feels like, like it was somewhat his fault that his wife sure. died, you know, maybe, sure. maybe what's his name? Snow, maybe Snow yeah. had that, that feeling of like, in, in he's done something he's disappointed in himself and and almost like it's it, it could be yeah. almost like the torture for him would be to right now right, right. that being said, like, it's all just assumption that these guests and Solaris are put there with negative intention, but like, right. I, I don't know that they are. I think it's just like the, the, the thing that's closest uh, the, at the forefront of their mind yeah. or their imagination, what they've been like struggling with or something. Cause this is another interesting thing. Um, when we see, uh, what was his name? J- 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 oh man. What was his name? Dr. Jabarian, I think. Was that it? Who? The one that killed himself? Oh, yeah. Gabarian. Gabarian with the G. Gabarian. There you go. Okay. So, um, so Dr. Gabarian in uh, Tarkovsky's version, he, his visitor is like this young girl, which we don't really have any other clue about. That's all we know. And we know that he killed himself in shame because Sartorius keeps saying that over and over again, that he killed himself in shame. And eventually, I think Chris even mentions it towards the end. Um, so... I was reading about him specifically, his character, because when I watched Soderbergh's version, uh, Gabal- Gabarian's uh, uh, visitor was his uh, son. Oh, really? A young son, a young boy. Yeah. And the young boy, I don't know if he had died in Gabarian's past or not, but he was just like so distraught with the fact that his son was on board it made no sense that he killed himself but when i when i read about lem's in lem's version in the novel uh gabarian's visitor was like this um this how do i say this without sounding weird uh was this african-american woman who was scadly scadly dressed Oh, scant, scantily clothed. Scantily, yeah. Is that what I, I'm not <laughs> sure? Scantily, but scant, scantily yeah. is like. A, <laughs> Sorry, I'm Brazilian. No, so no, I, <laughs> every I'm, once in a while, it's, we're both part of the learning process together. <laughs> I'm teaching you, my friend. So she's so she's scantily clothed, and um, so in uh, I, I was reading an article about it because I, I don't I didn't understand. Uh, 
why there were so many differences with this character. Sorry, I had like a mustache hair in my mouth. Oh boy, <laughs> yummy. Um, so uh, apparently it's because of his in his imagination he was like this almost like a perverted man oh and that he was like he had this like this image in his head and so that's what showed up in oh, the novel <laughs> and then and then to to kind of push the, the boundaries a little bit more tarkovsky makes it like this young girl like this very young oh. girl so that's why he's so ashamed it's because like this one, young girl is like following him around on the ship and he has no way to get away get away from her and like he's just a, he's like distraught with shame oh man because of what he's like what he he is, I guess. Um, and that's why he takes his life. But S- Soderbergh, I guess, was totally like, I'm not putting that in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it just decides to go with his like a young, young son. The uh, uh, Lem's novel, the adaptation uh-huh. from 19, what is this? 72, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah 72. Um, he, uh, he was super disappointed at how it, mm-hmm. it was adapted, but I was reading into it and apparently yeah. There's a ton of people in Soviet era film who adapted Lem's works, and apparently he was just disappointed with all of it. Apparently he oh, was yeah. like he was like he was like um, like not one single person could please him. And I guess everyone was God, saying, "What like, a big brain!" Yeah, huh? That was his uh, that was his like that was his stamp was like, "Oh, Lem is the guy that like." you'll never be able to satisfy. So <laughs> that's funny because he was very excited. I read that he was super excited about Soderbergh. Oh, version. really? Like he was before his death. I don't know if he actually got around to actually watching him before he died, but he was excited that Soderbergh was making it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he was just disappointed in how it turned out, you know, and, and maybe like, maybe his concepts he felt like couldn't have been like, adapted to cinema in the 70s but now he's seeing like the technology of right with technology totally totally i i wonder why that is though because there's so many stories like that where authors were are like oh i hated my this adaptation like stephen stephen's um king stephen king is another one like he hated uh kubrick's version of the shining like detested yeah everything inside of him so uh, like like disowned it practically so like i don't know why i think like you i think as an author i'm not an author i'm not a filmmaker so i can't really as say an author this, and a filmmaker anyways <laughs> and a uh watercolor painting i feel like artist. authors have to like authors have to like this this dissect themselves from their work when it comes to like adaptations because like you can't you can't put what's on a book page for page right. in a movie yeah it's just impossible. Yeah, but think the way the way those two like mediums work are so different. Yeah, yeah but think about it. Like think think about it. we're not filmmakers, but we've made we've made things, right? Sure. We've made yeah. films, even uh, short films, long films, sure. tiny. Yeah. We tiny little bitty yeah, films. We were tied to that work, regardless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's true. That's so true. Like think think about it. Like he. He, I don't know. It's interesting. I kind of want to. I want to read uh, Lem's work because I, part of me feels like Tarkovsky was taking his uh, like uh, hum, hum, humanic approach to it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and well, and maybe maybe Lem's like novel wasn't necessarily that way. Maybe his novel was a little bit more uh, straightforward in the sense of like sci-fi and discovery, whereas I feel like Tarkovsky was m- more working on us as the audience you know what i mean right i don't know well though. it that's another thing too because um apparently 
uh, Tarkovsky wanted to write um, almost like an autobiography film. Uh, and he wrote a film called, I have it in front of me, A White A Day. Oh. And and it was rejected because of, of just like the, it's the Soviet Union and everything was being, uh, uh, what's, what's the, what's the word? Dang, here's my Brazilian brain, like not letting me like focus on what, what I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, what's the word? God, when like they're, they're just like. <laughs> Censoring. There you go. There was so much censoring happening in the Soviet Union that they didn't want him to make this movie. Right. So he decided to write Solaris instead as a sci-fi. It was his first foray into the sci-fi genre yeah. because he felt like it, like it would be more accepted. So he did, and he decided to go with with Solaris just because he admired Lem's work. So totally, I can see like Tarkovsky being like, okay, I can't put myself in a movie and I can't write about my own stuff. I'm going to take this film that has some elements of like the humanity I want to work right, with yeah. and inject some of myself yeah. into that. And I think he did. Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah. And I, I think he did. And I think he did a great job. And I don't, it, I think we have to at some point talk about Tarkovsky in I, more detail, especially in the season, because there's so much to dig through here, yeah. especially like we were talking yesterday, like he only create he only made seven movies, but right. he also wrote a ton as exactly. well before that. So I think we should, uh, uh, even if it's not so much, him specifically, like, like yeah, a, yeah. a literary or like, like, um, uh, right. like, yeah, just like classical filmmakers, like journey. Anyway, I, yeah. I, what I said to you yesterday, I stand by like seeing Solaris. I, it makes me question mm -hmm. Western cinema completely and like the concepts and, and, and the filmmaking style, everything about it. I feel like I could talk about this forever. Like same, but just to wrap it up real quick, I think it's so cool that this is only our second season and this is our third episode for this I season. So, yeah. Um, and we have already talked about the father, son, and Holy Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> like we already talked about Kubrick, right. Tarkovsky now, and we even mentioned Kurosawa. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> also, before we wrap it up, I did want to mention that like this is a space movie, and again, in space, no one, no one can hear you scream. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> We're going to see that come to the forefront in the next episode, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Solaris, that is A++ in my book. Like, yeah, like, same. Uh, absolute fantastic uh, uh, darling child of the cinematic universe like one of the best <laughs> things i've ever seen so yeah, totally. like if you guys feel the same way join in the conversation like jump on our social media two underscore 35 media on instagram uh comment us we've got a link in our bio there you can jump onto our uh anchor page and check out all of that stuff and yeah we just want yeah. you guys to be a part of the conversation Definitely. add anything to that yeah, if you guys have something to say, drop it down in the comments below, or you can send us like an anchor message on Anchor. Um, and yeah, we we're really enjoying this up this season. I, I love the season Dude, so too. far, and I can't wait to get to yeah. the next ones. Next next week is Alien, and I'm really excited yeah. for that. So yeah, it's gonna be let's awesome. Let's do it.